Hey everyone, this is episode 22 of the Food About Town podcast. My name is Chris Lindstrom, the host, and this week we talked to Joe Insomniac of the uh, Rochester Insomniac magazine. Uh, he also hosts uh, a couple podcasts and is working on some uh, video and documentary projects as well. I ran into him uh, after reading some of his online food stuff and figured it'd be interesting to talk to a guy who's doing kind of an underground magazine newspaper thing, uh, being into local music. So we talked a little bit about that. We talked about some uh, cheap eats around Rochester. And I'm actually looking forward to spending some more time with the guy and trying to find some more interesting cheap stuff all around the city. So I hope you enjoy and uh, tune back in next week. Thanks. everyone i'm here on a beautiful spring day in rochester finally it's yeah kind of, kind of a rough week this week wasn't it um two four days of just straight rain four days of straight rain <laughs> and now we get the uh schizophrenic rochester spring where it's pretty much perfect yeah so i'm here with i, I don't know how to introduce you i'd say you're the are you what are you behind the rochester insomniac um, which is the the title of the website and the magazine that you yeah, work um, on. I guess the official title is Editor-in-Chief, which sounds <laughs> way too official for what I actually am. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'm a guy who drinks whiskey and writes some stupid articles. About yes, and, and we are we are sitting here with <laughs> nice glasses of whiskey and a Negroni, since it is Negroni week here. Actually, it's a national thing going on, Yeah, which is pretty cool, and I mean, I'm all for it. They're delicious. Dude, it's... It, I always find it strange going out to someone else's show and walking in, especially not knowing you. Yeah. You know, what's the feel going to be like? <laughs> what's, oh, absolutely. What's acceptable in your studio, what's not? Because you go to some places. I felt a little comforted now that I saw, like, the mini bar set up next day. It does help, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, especially when you if you, you rode your bike here, right? Yeah. So we're, we're just outside the city into a rondecoit. You turn onto this loop off of Winton Road. Right. And it is... Just the perfect picture of suburbia. Yeah. Nice neighborhood, though. Be- really beautiful beautiful neighborhood. neighborhood. Beautiful neighborhood, but I it's not the kind of place you expect a guy who's, I mean, it's, and it's all, it's all nice here, but right. I love edgy stuff. I love interesting yeah. stuff. <laughs> and as far as, you know, that's what I listen to. I listen to edgy comedy. I listen to podcasts all the time. And I yeah. love somebody doing something interesting. Right. Yeah, and I'm a smoker and I'm a drinker, so I've gone in <laughs> clearly. And um, so I've gone into shows where you sit down, all of a sudden, like they offer you apple juice or something, and it's really <laughs> nice. And you don't want to touch anything. It's like you're in a very expensive store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know the, the the weird thing. I I truthfully I started drinking last summer. Really, July last summer, and huh. it's 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 an interesting transition because I, I was 30 when I started drinking. Okay. And, you know, now we got a nice little setup here. Right. But it was never a thing where I was like, you know, proselytizing about it or that I cared that much. Right. I just didn't. Well, that's probably a good way to approach drinking at 30 instead of like how I did, which was real young. <laughs> and, 
going through that uh figure out what's the limit <laughs> yeah and it is weird because it's something i never really toyed with at all was limits i, I just right. drink because i like it you're an adult now you have some money right <laughs> you do the food thing you're an engineer like you can afford the good taste and stuff yeah you passed right over that skull phase oh my drink and like the Anything that's in a plastic bottle probably shouldn't be fucked with. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I've had a plastic bottle other than other than Diet Mountain Dew, which is still right. one of my one of my few just giant chemical laden vices. Yeah. Oh, I love that stuff. Still, oh, dude, you're telling me, man. I, I hit deadline last week. The amount of caffeine I was pouring into my body oh. to put the magazine out was Tell absurd. You, yeah, I've been writing. <laughs> I've been writing a restaurant review the last two nights, and I think over the last two nights I've gotten a combined eight hours of sleep. Oh, I'm sure. And it's like, oh my, you know, after work, you're working a long day, you come right. home, you have to do this, you try going somewhere else to write. Yeah. Which is an up and down thing to begin with. Um, yeah. I, I um, my s- schedule is all screwed up because I work at two different restaurants and then I do the magazine. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Where, where, where do you work? Um, I work at Michael's Valley Grill in Penfield. I mm-hmm. just started out as a dishwasher there and then I'm, I'm starting to do like cooking and um, now I'm working at John's Tex-Mex. Okay. Spot on Alexander. And that place is a Rochester institution. Oh, man. John, I met John at um, the Memorial Day block party right on the South Ave. Yeah. I live right by there. Okay. So just kind of met him. He seemed like a cool dude. Um, he offered me a job at the Memorial Day thing, which I waited till he sobered up the next day to kind of <laughs> ask him again. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because people promise a lot of things on Memorial Day that uh, oh, yeah. don't come through. Well, it's a it's a big thing over there, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Um, they I guess they do a block party every year. Okay, I'm new to the neighborhood, so I'm still meeting everyone. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, a lot of people barbecuing, and those hipsters know how to cook. Let me tell you something. You know what? It, it, hipster is such. It's weird how how derogatory a term hipster has uh, become. I, mean, I don't see it as derogatory. I don't either. I, I think it's a I think it's a classification. And right. there, there's a lot to be said for classification and stereotyping because it really does work in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, and it, it, it can obviously be used for negative things. Yeah. But you can go somewhere and know the type of person that's going to be there. Yeah. And, I mean, who am I to throw stones? I run a local zine. I, I rode my bike here. And I live downtown. <laughs> I work at a restaurant. Like, I am a hipster. I yeah. listen to all local music. <laughs> yeah. There you, yeah, exactly. That, that, that is pure. It's but just that's, that's, every stereotype I'm hitting on that's point beautiful. with that. <laughs> yeah. no, I love that. Because uh, it, it, is, it is truthfully a, it is a good way. And you can tell by just where you're at. I, yeah. What I always, I always like to reference is um, coffee places. Yeah. So I'm I'm a coffee nerd. Okay. Um, I'm really when it comes to food and drink and stuff, I go straight to the extremes right away. Yeah. So coffee, I go to I go to pour, I go to Joe Bean, I go to Fuego. That's about it. <laughs> and I mean, there's still value in the old in places like Java's and right. Uh, what used to be Boulder and now is all sorts of different places. Yeah, they cha- they're changing the name like every week. It seems. Well, changing your name mostly because the former owner sold them all off to yeah. Two employees, basically. I do like Java's, though. They have some good espresso. Well, you see, that's it's it is a super popular place. Yeah, and it's it really suits the audience that's there, and it's a great thing. Um, but it's weird when you go to those different places I mentioned. You can tell the clientele by what it is, right? You know, poor. If you you've been there before, yeah, <laughs> it's a young hipster crowd. Oh yeah, I mean, and I, it's really is it's the 
embodiment of Park Ave young hipsters in a place. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to have an office right by um, Java's, literally okay. down the street from me. So I spent a lot of time there in yeah. the mornings, you know? Oh, sure. Um, getting your caffeine fix when you first open up the office. And it's always busy, but you, there's definitely a crowd that you, you're you not going to see at Dunkin' Donuts. Absolutely. <laughs> Almost everyone's in a band yep. <laughs> or an artist in their own way. Yeah, and it has that feel, you know? It's got that, you know... Yeah, I mean, for me, make makes my job easier i can meet all my people right there there you go i get a lot of leads there you go um let me ask you a question how did you start the um how did you start writing about food for city and doing the uh, so it, it's it was a weird little yeah it was a weird little journey i mean i i grew up in a you know suburban white kid environment just right. like most of us yeah um and i was kind of sheltered when it came to food and everything else i didn't really think much of it um I was working for a while at um, a local aerospace company. I was out of town for two months at a time. Okay. Going to uh, scenic Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is pretty much the whitest, one of the whitest places I've ever been. It just been. sounds white. It really is. It's, <laughs> it is white, Midwest, Christian. Right. And it's, it's way too nice and suburban for what it is. I mean, okay. there's no edge whatsoever. Everybody's right. so nice. Everything's chains. It's all kind of sterilized in most ways. Yeah, just basic. Really basic. And there, there were some yeah. okay things here and there, but what I found was places that were interesting. Right. Because I was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so I got out of the hotel room and I found interesting local places to go to. And at the time, Yelp was just popping up right. in mid-sized cities like Fort Wayne and Rochester. So I started writing on that about cool restaurants and places I was hanging out. Cool. And then I did 220 reviews on Yelp, yeah, which was a lot at the time for non-major cities. Yeah. Um, And then I started my own blog because I kind of grew out of what I wanted to do on Yelp. Cool. And then I got picked up to do uh, the restaurant reviews. Oh, that's awesome. Um, And Rochester certainly has some crazy food. It's Um, getting cool, isn't it? Yeah. I'm actually working on a project now called Around the World in 80 Meals. Where that I sounds try phenomenal. To hit a different country's food every time I do it. I'm trying to hit 80. I have like 30 written down that I haven't wrote yet. But wow, that that's going to be really difficult unless gonna, you get to major cities. Yeah, there's going to be some doubles. I'm trying to keep it all Rochester and the suburbs. Okay. Um, and just walking around, <laughs> I spent a lot of time just wandering around downtown trying to find some cool stuff. Um, there's some cool like pocket Sri Lankan places. A lot of Cuban places. Really? See, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might have to mind you a little bit there because I, I can help with some of that, and I'd love to help because yeah. I, I love a lot of the you know inner city places, dude. When, I mean, it's such amazing food, isn't it? Oh man, and I, I got my um, love for food two ways. Yeah. One, I lived down south for a couple of years. What area? I bounced around. Um, I bounced around because I was kind of just doing temp work at different jobs. I lived in. Virginia scuba diving for a while, Florida, Rhode Island, Georgia. Just bounced around when I was like 19. Mm-hmm. But I learned a lot of Southern cooking. <laughs> and the second thing is I dated an Indian chick in high school. And oh. Like, oh, man, like fresh curry. <laughs> like Yeah, it's phenomenal stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So I When re- it's done right. Oh, man, I still can't. I still can't find the curry that her mom served me at high school. It's like my goal. I've gone to Indian house and bought it. I've tried to cook Indian food. I cannot get it to taste the same way I ate it the first time I ate it. And you know what? The, and <laughs> I, I just just to 
divert onto that tangent for a second. Yeah. I've been to my one of my friends, her her mom I've been over to their place for food and she yeah. makes her the thing about those spice blends is if you buy it at the place, it's right. never right because no. every family has their own blend. Because there's no such thing in Indian cooking as curry. Curry doesn't exist. Right. They have, you know, masalas, the spice mixes. And they can every family has their own mix that they use for their for their stews and for their you know, some one will be for chicken, one will be for the stew, one will be for this and that. Right. And they're all different. Oh man. It's I, amazing stuff. Yeah. I, I really love going to especially someone's culture I don't know. Because my, my family's cooking is straight American food. I grew up on just plain, no, I mean, not plain, but, you no, know. It's, it's white person food. White I, person I, food. Yeah. I, I know that very well. That's <laughs> that's what my dad loves. Yeah. And it cannot divert from that because that is that is what yeah. he is. So to walk into another culture's food, even if it's like you know, Italian with the homemade sauce, uh, homemade curry, really any different cultures food to walk in and have it home cooked is something truly special and <laughs> absolutely um and i love finding those little things you could just tell the guy at indian house is judging me when i buy curry by the way oh yeah <laughs> yeah because the indians don't eat that he's just going silly white boy oh yeah and it's it's an interesting story about them too it's one of the restaurants that in a lot of these the the ethnic restaurants in rochester yeah the family split up right. and opened multiple places which is perfect so I mean. India yeah. House is one of those places. Yeah. So the original owner, I mean, it's the same family. They owned India House originally. And then it's Raj Mahal in Henrietta is a split oh, yeah. from the same family. Yeah. Both the grocery store there is owned by that same family. The grocery store in the city is owned by the same family. Yeah. And I forget if there's another one that split off from there, too. Well, have you been to Kebab yet on Monroe Ave? I, I love that place. Dude, that place is awesome. The guys who own the corner store opened it. They just moved across the street and yeah. opened up. I was checking out their kitchen the other day because I'm a freak like that. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, they have like the big metal bowl that they cook the traditional way. It's beautiful, Kebab's isn't it? how it's supposed to be cooked. Yeah. yeah. I've only seen that in like Anthony Bourdain or like Eddie Wong. I've, I've never seen that in an actual restaurant before. And it's really cool. Um. And I think, yeah, the interesting thing about it is that they're they're Afghani. Yeah. And that I think they're the first people doing, well, they're not even doing Afghani food yet. Right. They have little touches here and there, but I, I, I love, have hopes. I love when um, they opened up, because they do have some, it's a lot of Indian influence. I guess it, it all kind of blends in that region. It does a little bit, yeah. Like, they have samosas and everything. But I love that they had to put pictures on the wall. And I asked him, like, why did you put pictures on the wall? He goes, because... People on Monroe don't know what this food is. It's kind of kind of weird, isn't it? Right. Like most people don't know what a samosa or like or any of those or uh, non bread. Yeah. Which I did a full for five there, which is we. I guess why I'm here. Um, yeah. A go series for it. about uh, uh, cheap food to find around the city for under five dollars. So fill your stomach for five bucks. Or awesome. Less. Yeah, because. Let's be honest, I'm broke. Writing doesn't really pay <laughs> the bills. <laughs> um, so that I th- figured that was a good series to do for um, people who live downtown. But I'd cover them in it. And honestly, like, I ordered three different types of non bread. Full meal. I mean, I, th- I split it with another writer of mine. Sure. You know, chicken and seasoning and bread dip, that green chili sauce. That, that's oh, really man. good. Um, Three dollars worth of food fed us for the night. Yeah, 
I mean, that's more money in our pocket to go to Marshall Street next door, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> we ended up spending that money, but... But, you know, it's... it's, And I think that's that's a great thing, the, the cheap, you know, doing a cheap eats kind of thing. Yeah. Because it's... I think you end up finding a lot of places that are really not authentic in that they're making necessarily the exact food that from their country, but they're really right. authentic people. You don't yeah. find a lot of, there's not a lot of pretension. There's not a lot of, you know, haughty attitudes and fancy plating, which I mean, right. admittedly I do like, and I do yeah. like those places too, but there's really something that grabs me when you go to places like Monroe kebab or, yeah. Um, I have a I have a great affinity for a lot of the Puerto Rican and Dominican places in and around yeah. the city. I've been to a ton of them, and they're all different, and they're yeah. all delicious. Dude, my um my friend's family owns a bottling um, place, and they make their own so- soda, and they're on Jay and Grape. Um, Is that the uh, College Club Fizz yeah, Company? Yeah. yeah, I I just drove by that the other day. Yeah, across the street from there, there's a community market. Walk inside there one day, man. Uh huh. They serve Spanish food all day. Really, it's, it's on point. See, I, I have to go. I I have to explore that neighborhood a little more. It's it's the type of Spanish food you only get on Grape Street. You know what awesome. I mean? <laughs> I mean, that that's right up my alley. I love yeah. stuff like that. Oh, dude, I I I wander around the hood way too much for a white guy <laughs> just to find food like that. You know, I think there's a lot of value in that though, because yeah. I mean, I I venture out when I know something's there, right. But finding those little places like that, like inside a convenience store where it's not really advertised that well. Right. You know, there's I, I saw there's a there's a sandwich place down the street too that I had never heard of. Yeah. And it's a Italian real Italian sandwich shop. Yeah. I, I'd never heard of it until somebody told me I was I was over um working on a review for uh, one of the other restaurants in the area and I drove by and I'm like, that's cool. This yeah. is interesting stuff. I love seeing stuff like that. I know you're kind of working for my competitor right now, but me and you need to wander around the city and go grab Absolutely. some food. Just after this like short time talking to you, man, my mouth is watering. Just like, you know, like all the places <laughs> me and you could show each other. I think that's the problem. I do that <laughs> yeah. all the time when I'm when I'm hanging out. It's just like I'm always advertising for something cool. Yeah, and I think that's um, I find that very uh, rewarding. Trying yeah. to show people these cool things that they might not have known about. I mean, I don't want to sit at home and watch Netflix all day. I yeah. Hear. I mean, I like that too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Netflix, you're the shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> House of Cards, you're on point. But, there you go. <laughs> um, I love spending time outside and finding those weird spaces. You're probably, the type of, you're probably like me. When you go to a new city, you hate any of the tourist trap. The worst. And you immediately want to like find a local bar and sit down. Or Absolutely. Or find a local restaurant. Be like, if I had a guy who's been there for a while, like, dude, tell me where you go. I, 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 it's, I think you got me exactly pegged yeah. on that. I hate tourist stuff. Oh, it just bothers you on a deep level. It's right? soul sucking, isn't it? Yeah. And I end up, I do end up going to them because it's, you know, if I'm there somewhere for a week, you end up going there just to see what the deal is. Yeah. You know, like when you go to Canada, you have to stop at Ripley's, believe it or not, and the stupid tourist trap stuff because you're with your family and you're like, you're little kit if you have kids or your cousins or whatever yeah. you gotta do that stuff but i'm the first my family yells at me because i'm the first one to disappear and take like a taxi <laughs> to the middle like the hood <laughs> to middle downtown in another city that we don't know oh yeah and disappear for a few hours oh. come back with a lot of friends <laughs> absolutely and i think that's it's a great way to really explore a city too yeah you know if you go to a big city i mean 
the, some of the more interesting. I loved exploring San Francisco. Because oh, there's such diverse neighborhoods. Yeah. And they're so different from one another. And then you go to where everybody goes. You go to Fisherman's Wharf, and it's it's mind-numbing and awful and so busy. It's claustrophobic it's, almost, you know? It's whitewashed and it really clean. Is. And just because they know it's a place where people want to go see. Yeah. So Except for the restrooms. Those weren't clean. Oh, yeah. They well, were a disaster. Those are still bad. So many people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they expect tourists to go there, so it's this either the city or the community that runs it makes it safe. Absolutely. And, and sa- safe in quotation marks, because right. you're also a mark there because there's so many people around. Right. So much, not scams, but, you know, that that just a little fake, thing. The fake street artist stuff. And yeah. It's, it just never grabbed me the right way. I, I'd yeah. rather talk to real people trying to do real things. That's why I kind of like um, doing what I do in Rochester, because I've lived in a bunch of different cities. Um, there is no tourist section in Rochester, really. No, there really isn't. Yeah, which... Like Park Ave is close. But Some even then, I mean, it's hard to call it a tourist section because I wouldn't drag anybody there to be a tourist. Right. I, I And I, I, I guess... think that's why I feel so at home when I come back to Rochester yeah. after spending some time out of it. <laughs> There's a... Uh, there's no whitewash in this city. No, inside the city, there's there's a lot of, and it's weird. There is still is a lot of divisiveness. Yeah, and a lot of divided, um, you know, city. It's hard. I don't want to call it segregation, but it's, you know, there's segments of the population that live in certain areas. Yeah, you, know, uh, you cross a certain line, and it's it's not the same. It's different. It it's like gentrification done in a very strange way. Yeah, because like one block. Is very clean. One block over, not so much. Yeah, and I find that interesting. The more I go into the into the city, not you know outside of Park Ave East, yeah, University area, which is in the city, right? But not really. Yeah, I mean, we think about the only tourist spots you go to are George Eastman House and Susan B. Anthony House, and both of those are on West Main Street. Yeah, in like across the street from the projects, right. So that's our tour spot. Have fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I th- it's it's important to look at both sides of the street, though, too. Yeah. Really. Um, um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, we could go and get into Rochester stuff forever, yeah. and I, I love... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, back to food. Well, not necessarily back to food, but I want to hear about more about what what you do. What it, What is the Rochester Insomniac all about, and what, are the, what kind of platforms do you find it on? Um... Yeah, I guess I'll let me do my plug real quick. Yes, please. <laughs> um, well, the Rochester Insomniac started off as a music blog, um, like a WordPress site, which I'm sure you're used to. I use magazine. WordPress as my website. Yeah. Absolutely. Man, they're on point. That's uh-huh. great. <laughs> so I really just started because I hated that. Um, I started when the Insider was big or still around. Okay, yep. And they never covered local music. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Right. And I was a huge... I grew up on local music. I mean, I, I started sneaking in a bug jar when I was 15, you know, nice. just to catch bands. I love music and I love, you know, especially new stuff. Um, so I really wanted to create a platform that covered local music and um, sent it out to places. Nice. Um, since then, it kind of expanded because, again, I'm a, I'm a foodie. <laughs> yep. I, I like politics and... You know, I kind of gathered this weird pirate crew of writers, <laughs> like these punk kids, and 
I think you find a lot of interesting perspectives that way. Yeah. um, Maybe not the most rounded perspectives, but interesting perspectives nonetheless. And and, I can talk for an hour about how reeling them in to hit deadlines is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) You're teaching a bunch of punk kids to write and hit beyond point. It's it's a struggle, but it's fun. Um, You know, kind of expanded to a magazine. We do a few podcasts. God, I'm doing the plug. Am I a Horrible Person podcast and Local Vocals, which starts back up in July. Cool. Which is all local music. And do they do they find these um, um, iTunes could, or yeah, where do we find these? You can find them either on Bandcamp if you search Rochester Insomniac or if you do go to therochesterinsomniac.com. You can find all of our stuff there. Um, we're su- shooting a few documentaries. Hopefully those will be out. Oh, that's cool. I, I've yeah. been getting more and more into documentaries. Yeah, man. It's... Um, it's weird. When you do one form of media, people approach you to do other stuff thinking you know what you're doing. Yeah, it's really it's a <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible mistake they're making. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, we got approached by some people to all at the same time for some reason. We got approached to do like four different documentaries and I was like, Well wow. I've done I've done radio and I've done print, so let's see what uh, let's see what video looks like. That's cool. Do, I, do you know are you early enough where you can't talk about what they are, or do you know what what the at least one of the topics is? I just find um, it interesting. The two major ones we're working on. I, I I don't want to talk about the other two because sure. nothing's set in stone yet. Um, the first one is a history of hip hop in Rochester. Interesting. Which should be six episodes. We're starting to interview and get footage this week. Um, hopefully, the first episode will drop in July. Wow. Um, yeah, because. Hip hop, we, we had like a golden age in Rochester for hip hop in like the 90s, and then it all kind of I don't want to say went away because the people are still here, but it's just not as prevalent as it used to be. So we're, we kind of want to go deeper, like back to the 70s, and figure out like how the scene was back then. That, um, that's a that's a fascinating topic, yeah. And you know, like I said, I grew up, I, I'm a punk kid, <laughs> right? Um, I grew up on rock and roll. I mean, I like hip hop. I was never really part of that scene, mm-hmm. so it's really interesting, kind of picking their brains and seeing a different perspective on local music, really. Um, and I'm working with a bunch of cool people. Um, Alex from Seventy Three Productions, hopefully, will be working with me. He does music videos and short film. Okay. Um, he was an RIT student who just is brilliant. And he's kind of teaching me the ropes because I know absolutely nothing about shooting video. Well, and I think that's <laughs> the best way to do it is don't right. don't try to do it. Um, don't try to don't try to do everything. You know, get yeah. get the people who know what the hell they're doing. I'm really a big proponent about just saying when people ask you if you want to do something, just say yes, and mm-hmm. again, throw it on the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> um, and the second one is a guy who we covered um, in our first issue of our magazine, Kaiser Sose, who is a street performer. Okay, I mean, a phenomenal name. Yeah, um, he got that because he was trying to chase down Bill Murray for a while because Bill Murray was going to parties at Texas colleges under the pseudonym Bill Murray from Usual Suspects. <laughs> and this dude, uh, James, had his performance name as Kaiser Sose. So he used to show up to party going, hey, I'm Kaiser Sose. People used to think he was with Bill Murray. Nice. He was just a traveling musician. He was a street like, homeless you know, traveler kid. Um, but... Um, he got connected with Warp Tour. Okay. And he followed Warp Tour around for a number of years. And um um he had mental illness and he kinda got addiction on the road. Mm-hmm. So he kinda fell off it and now he's back in Rochester. Well we're 
shooting um, not only his old footage of him performing, but we're shooting his recovery and his way back into Warp Tour and back on the road. Wow. Um, which, dude, Kaiser is one of my brothers. I love the kid. Uh-huh. Um, if this is the way we're going to help him get sober, like, this is awesome. That's this great. Like, yeah. Um, you know, we're we're a big family in the Insomniac because, again, we're all a bunch of punk kids Yeah, with not many places to go. So um, to have him not only be getting back into it and be shooting a documentary on it is really cool to me. Well, I think it's it's it gets back to what I mentioned with that authentic. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's writing. doesn't matter if it's podcast. doesn't matter if yeah. it's documentary, you know, or food. You you know when it's authentic. You know when it's real. And you know when the guy. You know when the person gives a damn about the topic or the food or whatever. Yeah. And you you could hear it when you when you say it's it's you care. Yeah. And I think that that makes for the most oh, dude, it, interesting. We started shooting because we have to shoot um, the trailer first, obviously. Sure. Because um, we have some people. We're trying to get picked up. Nice. Um. I can. Yeah, that that's another segue. Mm. I'm starting to like do series and stuff, thinking to get picked up. Sure, because I still need to get eat. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a it's, good it's, thing to do. It's hard to do a food uh, section when I can't afford food. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I lost my train. I thought um, I was shooting the trailer for it, and he just gave like a five minute narration on his life. And we mm-hmm. shot it in front of the DSS building where he grew up. And I'll tell you, it's hard for me to edit, man, because <laughs> it came really from the heart from him. Yeah. He had like a moment on film. And so it's hard to like have to continually look and rewatch that and edit because oh, it it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it, it's, it's real. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it was tough. Um, Someone bearing their soul to you, and you have to slice it down. Right, and I have to cut it to five minutes, man. I don't know what, what parts to cut and what parts to keep. It's, wow. Uh, luckily, it'll be on YouTube and hopefully um, through our site, so I won't have to cut too much. No, that's cool. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I said documentaries, it's, it seems like almost a golden age of documentaries right now, you know? Yeah. Um, they, they keep on, it's so much easier to get the equipment to do it. The yeah. level to entry is so much lower, which allows people to have a vision that have a great topic like that too. Are you familiar with uh, Vice? Oh yeah, they're oh, man. astounding stuff. I, I if people keep saying I copy Vice, yes, I copy Vice. Um, it's hard not they're to. They're amazing, and I think they brought documentaries back into popular media. Yeah, because um, oh sorry, no, I, go for it, buddy. Um, I I read up a lot about Shane Smith because he was a guy who turned a local magazine into a national thing. So of course I'm gonna figure out how the fuck he did it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but he was saying, like, when he started shooting documentaries, everyone was telling him it was the 90s, the internet's new, we're looking for short, fast, quick, and he goes, I did long, thought-out things, and somehow it worked. And, you know, that dude sneaking in and out of North Korea and, like, doing all sorts of crazy... He was talking to the Taliban. Yeah. Um, dude, he had, those, yeah, those first few episodes on HBO were just... How are you doing this stuff? For yeah. one, it was risky and really dangerous. Yeah, I I found them when I was living in New York City because they're based there. So I found one of their magazines and yeah. fell in love with it. And then I found out they had a website and they did documentaries. 
And that dude drank milkshakes with Osama bin Laden. Like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, it's insanity. Yeah, which I love. <laughs> like, bring on the craziness. <laughs> Absolutely. And not only that, because I, the, the, the big high-profile stuff they've done is it's truly exceptional. Yeah. But the less high-profile stuff that they do on the website, those short, it, it's hard to even call them documentaries. They're just almost reality films. Yeah, they're like, like five ten minutes long. Yeah, the I call them mini mini documentaries or yeah. whatever you want to call. Them. I don't care. It's, there's such a is a stupid distinction that people make between what that is and what it what it isn't. It's just a picture of reality for well, these people, and it's great. Well, this kind of relates back to food and the reason we're here. Yeah, because what we're talking about is uh, both of us, and I'm sure the people who are listening are interested in culture and the human experience. And there's no better way to kind of pick someone's brain than over their own meal. Absolutely. And their own cuisine. Food is um, the uniting factor. I was watching Eddie Wong's um, Off the Boat. Sure. And he was saying, yeah, I could do a show about Asia (sighs) and tell you about this stuff. You wouldn't watch it. But I'm doing the same thing while eating some food and showing them what you cook, and it opens this window. He goes, food is the cheese in the mousetrap. I'm going to tell you my story. I'm using food as the excuse. And I think that that really resonated with me. You know, like, uh, you understand people a lot more after you eat their food. I think so. It's really a way to bond, and it's really cool. Yeah, and if if you're the one that you're the one going to visit and you're – so often that it happens uh, in an unfortunate way when I'm the only white person at a place. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm at a little kebab place, not the one in Monroe, another one that's behind a Islamic cultural center. Right. I am the only white person there every oh, time I've, I've gone in. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. It's, I mean, it's delicious. it's delicious. I'm not sure if I can actually advertise it because I'm not, not sure how... I'm, yeah, I'm not sure how legitimate it is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And it's that's great. why I want to talk to you about some few spots. But I'm not sure if I could do it on air because I'm not sure if they have food license. You know? yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll eat it because if I get sick next week, as long as it was delicious, I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't worry quite as much as right because I mean, if they're cooking it and they're serving it and people are there, most likely, most likely it's fine. Yeah. If people are still ordering their normal meals, chances are I won't get food poisoning. Yeah, and the, the, the places <laughs> you're much more likely to get sick are the places with all the frozen foods that are. They don't actually cook anything fresh. Right. Which are, you know, the generic, you know, diners that have four pages of menu and yeah. they're using terrible ingredients or, you know, some family restaurant that doesn't make a damn thing other than turning on the oven in the microwave. Yeah. And that's why I will never take stuff in an Applebee's or something like that again. I hate McDonald's. I hate all those chains. Why would I go to McDonald's where I can go to Triple Nine Mart in South Clinton and order a $3 cheeseburger that costs me the same as much as McDonald's? Yeah. But it is fresh, and, I mean, they slather their shit in mayo, which oh, is... Oh, of course. I mean... Which is probably why it tastes so good, and I'm addicted to them. And I had to, <laughs> I, I just started, like, working out a couple weeks ago because I got way too addicted on their, fr- their burgers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Because, um, damn. I watched them make it, and I watched them, like, slather both the bun... Both sides of the bun before I put it on the grill and the patty and mayonnaise. And wow. I, was like, I mean, it's delicious, but maybe just one of those a week. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my friend would absolutely detest that. He hates mayonnaise. I don't mind it. Yeah. 
I don't want too much, and that is on the verge of too much. I guess it cooks off once he throws everything on the grill. But. It does a little bit, and it's actually it's actually a really good browning agent. So when they put it on the bun, it's like toasting it with butter. Yeah, except for it's mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Yeah. It took me a few times eating the burger. I was like, "Wow, why is this so juicy? Why does everything just taste so good?" And I watched him. I was like, "Oh, because he dips everything in mayo." Oh wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Airport. So, oh, sorry. Wait, wait, what place is it? Uh, Triple Nine Mart. It's uh on Gregory and Clinton. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen. I've definitely Little seen bodega that place. type spot. Yeah, yeah. Like convenience store sells groceries. Um, the place you should go is across the street, which is Seven 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 Mart, and I think they changed owners, but it's uh like a Sri Lankan grocery store. Really? They have malsa tea. They have bezel nut. They have all really? those fresh ingredients. Clinton Ave is actually a very good space to go get authentic food. Ocean Garden by Hong Kong House. Mm-hmm. I think that's by Meg's. Um, is all Japanese food. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's shrimp the size of your arm that shouldn't even be called shrimp. Oh, yeah. Um, Indian House is right there. Sure. There's an Ethiopian spot right there. I love Clinton because there's like eight different ethnic food spots within a block of each other. And yeah, and it, it'll be interesting to see how that transitions now that it's, you know, the new stuff's popping up there. Yeah, and, man, I, I could go all day about gentrification. I hope it's done right, and I hope those places stay open while the rest of the neighborhood gets nice around it. Yeah. Like, fix the abandoned buildings. Don't fuck with my Chinese market. <laughs> yeah. Because I still want to get fresh eel. They have fresh eel and fresh crab there. Really? Oh, man. Oh, that's great. Oh, dude. Like I said, me and you have to go out. That's great. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Me and you have to wander around and see some shit, because I'm sure you know some things I don't know, and I'm sure I know some things you don't know. Absolutely. I'd love to do that, because that's, uh, I mean, that area for me, what has dragged me there recently was the, you know, uh, what uh, the Playhouse guys are doing, the old church there. Yeah. And that's... You know, it's hard because you, when you talk about a burger, that's like they're they're trying to do that, the modern version of the fast food burger. Yeah. You know, it's the Shake Shack kind of transition right. to local ingredients uh, cooked in sort of a fast food smash burger kind of way. Right. They're using like Flower City bread rolls and Seven Bridges beef. and. I mean, they're trying to cook very American fast food food locally. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I'll see it when I see it. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't want to judge them before I step in. Sure. You know I mean, I'm not sure if it's going to be great. Because that American Burger Place uh-huh. in Greece, have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Uh, I think it's called, it's called like the Great American Burger or something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but um, I met the guy who owns it. He's a five-star chef that graduated culinary school. He was like, you know what? I grew up on Bill Gray's as a kid. I'm just going to open up a really awesome burger place. Nice. And he did. And Everything there is amazing. It's a bar and a burger spot. It's it's really good. Yeah. If, for someone who tries to eat food that's not normal to me, mm-hmm. um, man, <laughs> that place is good. Okay. I used to date a girl who lived like two blocks away, man, and every fucking morning I'd walk over there and get some breakfast. <laughs> Problematic. There you oh, go. Oh, man. So good. So... I'm a little bit interested. No, you. I th- we we talked a little about before we started up today about yeah. podcasting because it's, you know, it's obviously a mutual interest. Clearly, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're doing you're doing one of those. You're doing the local music one yourself. Um, I've ca- I have different hosts to it. 
Um, two years ago, I started the Local Vocals, which was my first podcast. Um, and that was just 14 songs of local music. We'd interview people in between. It was kind of me dipping my toe into podcasting. Um, and we, we actually won an award for your paper for best podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Two years ago. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah, We were nominated last year and we weren't even around, which was awesome. <laughs> God bless the fans that listen to the insomnia. Cause that's you guys, great. you guys vote even when you're ignorant about it. <laughs> no offense. Um, we're starting that back up. We stopped it because my hard drive crashed. I had 300 local albums. Oh, my God. All gone. So I've been slowly building it back up. Um, we have two new hosts, uh, Ben Tolan and Brian Flanagan from The Results. Okay. If anyone checks out local music, check out The Results. Um, they're hosting it. I'm going to sit back and just suppl- produce it, you know? It's not a bad spot to be. No. Um, and now we're doing the Am I a Horrible Person with Joey Bones. And uh, he really loves podcasting. He loves Joey Diaz and Joe Rogan. He loves that format. So we just meet up every Sunday and talk shit for a couple hours. And it ends up being a show, which is cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge radio nerd, um, again, clearly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's cool that someone just wants to do that. Um. So right now for the Insomniac, we have two podcasts. The Am I Horrible Person is out. We just finished episode 11 this week. Um, local vocals will start back up the first Sunday of July. And um, I don't know if I should call it the first episode because it's new cast or episode 30 because it's a reboot. I'm not sure like uh-huh. how to promote it, really. Sure. Because <laughs> we had 30 episodes that we went away for about a year. Now mm-hmm. we're back with new people and new music. Um, that's fun. I, I'm weird where any of my projects, even though I try to give them out to other people and let them kind of handle it, I still need to be in the room. Yeah. So <laughs> you're not talking. You're, you're, you're watching behind the – watching little bars go up and down. Right. Um, like – it's just weird. I guess if it has my name on it, I want to be in the room. So, no, and I think it's good to keep some amount of control over that stuff too. Really, you want it to be a certain, you want it yeah. to be what it is, but you don't want it to fall way out of what the whole, out of the whole vision, the whole mission is. At the same yeah, time, I mean, you know, if they want to take it and run with it, that's cool. I just want to make sure that at the end of the week, we still have a couple podcasts and also something that sounds good too. Yeah. Um, we all shoot them on Sundays, which is perfect because Sunday's my day off from cooking, and I usually try to take it off from writing. Nice. Just clear my head. So it's cool waking up at like noon, going to one podcast and going to another because, you know, it gives me a time to talk shit on there for a few hours, <laughs> smoke some weed, you know, you have go. some whiskey, you know, um, just hang out and have a lot of fun with it. Nice. And not have to worry about meetings or work. Yeah, very so cool. Podcasting has kind of been my relief every Sunday. That's awesome. The last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure you get the same feeling when you're doing this. Yeah, it's, it, really, it really is relaxing if you don't worry about it. Yeah. And it, it, helps, it helps when the person you're talking to has experience behind a mic or can just hold a good conversation. Yeah. Or talking about it off air. Yeah. You know, when I walked in, it's... Um, yeah, it's really tough getting a guest that is really cool as a person when you meet them, and then as soon as they get a microphone in front of them, shut the hell up. I guess I'm used to it because I've had a microphone in front of me for five years. So yeah. this 
me talking bullshit flows. Yeah, it, it has to it. become natural, yeah. you know? Or, or you just kind of have to forget the microphones are there and just kind of bounce around and just be... Yeah. You well, just have to be yourself, which is terrible advice, but sometimes it actually works. No, but actually it works sometimes, yeah. especially when you're doing podcasts. Um, the problem is, I think, like, people like me and you forget about... We're so comfortable in front of a microphone, we forget that people are uncomfortable. Yeah. So, like... You've, you've been watching me for the last hour. I'm bouncing around, like, dancing. and Yeah, exactly. Like five thoughts going on in my head. But it's because I'm used to having this structure in front of my face. Yeah, it is um, it is kind of weird and imposing, isn't it? Yeah. If you're not, if you're not used if to you're it. If you're not used to it. Like, we can still make eye contact and talk, and it's right. like we're having a conversation. But, man, you get a... I interview a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. Worst thing is when, like, one person out of five is the guy who talks uh-huh. and the other four people don't say shit. Oh jeez. Because you're trying to you're trying to get a feel for him. You're trying to figure out like the dynamics of the group. Sure. And like four people are nervous and one dude's the front man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not a great conversation. You're you actually have to start like calling them out by name and saying, What do you think about this? How about you? And it throws off the interview, and throws off the podcast. Right, then you're a Larry King moderator and not having a conversation anymore. Right, I really like the actual conversation, which is why I like podcasts, because someone like Joey Diaz, Joe Rogan, um, and listen to Hardcore History a lot. I've heard a lot of good things about that. My brother yeah. loves it. The only thing I have wrong about it is, the only thing I don't like about it is, each episode's like four hours long. Really? So you have to listen to it in segments, but the dude's very intelligent. Um, he talks about some very interesting history. I mean, I'm a history buff, so he did a six-episode series on World War One, which six episodes for him is 24 hours worth of content. Yeah, it's a ton. It's hard to keep up with him. As much as I love his podcast, like, dude, each episode's four hours. <laughs> I that's, have sh- <laughs> yeah, that's some volume, man. I have shit to do today. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> uh, I usually just wake up and throw on podcasts, like, to wake up, make coffee, clean up the house a little before I get to work. Mm-hmm. So I really, I have like maybe 40 minutes. <laughs> um, I don't have four hours to listen to a straight fucking podcast. Oh, absolutely. About a dude just talking history. Yeah, and it's it sound, I mean, it's one of those things that people know so little about. I mean, that's a great example, World War World War One. People know so much more about World War Two. Yeah. Because it, I mean, World War Two, truthfully, is a lot more dynamic and fascinating to yeah. most people, but... I mean, there was a World War One too, and, and I mean, <laughs> World War Two. You had the villain, and I'm sure that's why people yeah. focus on World War Two. And they're all obvious, you know, villains. I mean, villains. there was multiples. Yeah. You know, you had World War One. You didn't have that, which almost he made it more interesting because yeah. all the politics behind it, and like America wasn't, you know, we're number one in military now. We were number thirty back then. Wow, like. People weren't even sure we could get across the sea and fight. <laughs> That's how new of a country we were. Right. And he brings that up. And, you know, living in 2015 when we are the dominant force globally. Right. It's hard to bring yourself back into that perspective of we were a bunch of cowboys who thought we were military back then. Like, right. It was 50 years after the Civil War. Right. I mean, the country was... We were still getting our shit together. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to do this in the middle of podcast, but you mind if I... Pour myself another drink. No, please. Real quick. No, and I'll start the, <laughs> I don't know, start moving on to the next subject yeah. while, while you're over there. Um, so we, we, we talked a, bit, a little bit about 
you know, food that you food that you go out and do when it comes to, you know, the cheap eats um, and all the different different cuisines you've been sampling. Right. What's the I mean, if you're going to pick one of uh, something that you're what's your like current favorite? Where, where do you go to for your oh man, where do you um, go for your comfort food? Because I find for me that the the different ethnicities of food those have become my comfort foods. The place that I crave, and I'm actually like really mad I don't live next to anymore, is everything is good. Um, Main Street, by like where the RPO is. It's by Richmond's Bar. Okay. Richmond Street. Called, yeah, that's what, what, oh yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've never been in there. It's everything is good. It's a little Jamaican place. They have $2 beef patties. They're oh. Beef pa- oh man, I love beef patties. Sure. I mean, they're delicious. Um, and, oxtail jerk chicken mm. again i grew up on southern food mm-hmm. so that place curry goat everything about that menu is awesome um i live in the south wedge now and i finally found a place called pepper pot it's really good isn't it pepper pot's good it's you know i think i'm biased okay the food probably tastes the same yeah but for some reason everything is good i lived by there for three years so it's like that's still the best Jamaican it's your spot. place yeah yeah um, Georgie's Bakery. Sure. They're Cubans. Again, it's a bomb. Again, Southern food. I'm I'm biased. Yeah. I, I love really spicy, slow-cooked food. <laughs> um, they're, they're Cuban. I, I was walking back from my friend's house hungover last year, and I saw their sign, Best Cubans in Rochester. I was like, I lived in Florida. How good's a Rochester Cuban? Come on. Really? Sure. <laughs> I had Cubans made by Cubans. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... Oh man, I I bought that sandwich and by the end of the block it was gone. And I was like, my I couldn't even wait to get home to eat it. Just dripping grease. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is one of the <laughs> greasiest bombs of a sandwich that we have in Rochester. It's so good for eight bucks, man. Yeah, it's You're a full monster. for the rest of the day. It's a monster. Um, oh, I'm, I'm mispronouncing this place. Uh, right next to the Cadillac Hotel, it's this place El Flamblos. Okay. That just opened up. And I was watching them open up and re- restore that whole building. Okay. It's a building next to Cadillac. It wasn't exactly in the best condition. Yeah, exactly. But that neighborhood's kind of cleaning up now that yeah. Midtown's um, back. Um, I was watching them as they were cleaning, clearing up and hoping they can't wait for them to open. Um, I was there opening day. Had a Cuban there. Had a few Spanish food. Talked to the owners. Not only is that a cool family that owns a place... Their food is on point. Interesting. Yeah. See, um, that's that's the kind of place I definitely would love to check out because that's especially new places opening. I, yeah. I was um, just a quick aside. I, the last review I did in the city paper was um, El Pilon Criollo over on North Quentin. Yeah. Um, North Quentin Avenue A area, and <sighs> one of the things that fascinated me about it was that they opened a brand new building in 2013. Nice. In that neighborhood, and it was the first new construction in twelve years. Oh, I'm sure. Twelve <laughs> years, yeah. But still, it's 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 amazing when you look at. You know, I, I think I've talked to other people about it, but when you look at, um, how much construction happens in Henrietta and those areas every year. Yeah. And they've had nothing for twelve years, and it was just, it's it's an amazing thing to think about. Yeah, without a doubt. Um. Yeah, I actually had an office right behind the Cadillac Hotel. Um, it was our first office as a magazine. Don't judge us. 
Hey, you gotta hope you gotta start yeah. somewhere. Um, I mean, things you hear coming out of Cadillac at five a.m. I can only imagine. Oh man, that that was an experience. Um, but I love that that whole neighborhood's cleaning up. Um, because it's right in between East and Monroe. Like Monroe turns into Chestnut goes into east right there right that's a place that should never have been as bad as it was mm-hmm. um so it's finally starting construction there i had some bias about it because i'm kind of against gentrification going back to the don't fuck with my cool spots <clears throat> yeah thing. I, sure I, I like that place are getting fixed up just so the fact that they cleaned up and put in an awesome awesome fucking restaurant there yeah is really cool to me and right across from Montage and Workout Space, they're creating a community there. It's really awesome. And I think that's always more inspiring when you see somebody, not not the the big businessman coming in and running something. Yeah, man. I'd be pissed if it was a Dunkin' Donuts. You know what right, I mean? Right, but when you're happy when you see the local, you know, somebody either was from the neighborhood or somebody who's just trying to do their thing and serve their community right. in a location. That I find that very inspiring. Yeah, and... You know, I, I work for two very local businesses and run this, so I really enjoy... I mean, I, I'm I'm sure if I was cooking in an Applebee's kitchen, I'd be less happy. Mm-hmm. But I'm cooking in Tex-Mex, washing dishes at Michael's, and... There you go. Happy as hell. Nice. <laughs> so I think I want to close off with... I saw... Are you technically part of the ROC podcast network, or is that... Yeah. Um, we are one of his few po- original podcasts. Okay. Um, we were actually just talking into our computer. We knew nothing about podcasting. We just knew we wanted to do a podcast. Me and my business partner at the time, Mike Mahar, were really, literally for the first three episodes of Local Vocals, yelling into his computer in between music. We had no voice for radio. Right. We were not comfortable. Sure. And Vinny, the guy who owns Rock Podcast, he's an awesome dude. He approached us when he was starting Rock Podcast, like, hey, there's not another local music podcast. Do you, do you want a studio? And he had a studio in his attic. Wow. Which is similar to the one here. I mean, he has like a six microphone set up. And it's, sure. He's a big comic book junkie. So there's like cartoons and comic books everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. So really comfortable spot. Um, he's now doing stuff for Channel 18. So the studio's out of his attic and now in Channel 18, which is really cool. He's making moves. He's doing a lot. That's great. Love that dude. But he took us out of from yelling into our computer <laughs> to um, being comfortable in front of microphones. And uh, yeah, so we were, I think, the because he had two of his own shows. Mm-hmm. There's Ryan Schofield who did a sports network. I think there might have been another person before us and then us. So we were the fifth, fifth, fourth or fifth podcast on its network. And now it's like 30. Yeah, I see. This really, it's a huge yeah. amount. Yeah, now he's now he has 30 and he's doing a TV show for, um, it was Shoot to Thrill. Now it's just called The Rochester Show. Okay. A bunch of comedians on air. Um, Under the Skin is another huge podcast where they're live every Monday. Check them out. It's undertheskin.tv, I believe. If I'm sure if you Google Under the Skin, they do a live show every Monday, plus they do they take the best um, bits out of their live act and put on a podcast on ROC Podcast. Nice. They're really cool dudes. Our music writer, Ricky Ryan, was their intern. <laughs> We're, you know, we kind of stole him. There you go. 
for better or for worse. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, ROC podcast and all the dudes who do podcasts are all really awesome dudes. And okay. I'm sure I could shout shows out for another fucking hour. Yeah. There's so many of them. I try to listen to them all, but it's... Only so many hours in the day. Right. <laughs> no, that, that's great. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I, I went to their live event. They did... Uh, it was, what, a few months ago. It was, in, it's a, yeah. it was in the dead of winter, but that could have been any of five months in a row. So it's... Right. It's hard to remember exactly when it was. Oh, dude. I, uh, I did their first one. Yeah. Because we won the award, we headlined the first rock podcast on the second day. Mm-hmm. And we were a music podcast. We would just turn off our mics and go to music for 12 hour, or for twelve minutes through each hour. Right. So he asked us to do a live thing. We're like, well, how the hell do we bring this live? It was at Record Archive. The stage is too small for to put a bunch of bands on stage. Right. We had to fill an hour because we're headlining. An hour's a long time. Yeah. For a for three dudes who don't didn't do the long form podcast yet. Right. Just played music. Man, an hour was rough. So what we decided to do, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> was, See now I'm intrigued. Um we had twelve guests and each guest had four minutes. So we speed interviewed, and the concept was is we're going to drink a beer with each guest and do a speed interview and drink a beer with them real quick. Wow. And get off stage and bring someone on, which worked for about the first five. Uh-huh. And then after an hour of drinking a beer every four minutes, wow. we, we were smart enough to do our regular guests towards the end so it was easier and do our more difficult interviews first, but... Me and the co-host drank a 30 rack in an hour. Wow. <laughs> and we're interv- speed interviewing people. And we had a timer going and all the all the bullshit. Like oh, buzzers. sure. Yeah, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's live and you have to have, make a production out of right. it. But man. <laughs> wow. I will never do that again. As much as I love, dr- love drinking, that was a very, very poor decision. Sounds like a rough hour oh, and dude. probably a rough rest of the night. As as soon as I got off stage, I passed out. <laughs> oh, I, my God. I went into my uh, friend's car, fell asleep in the back seat. She dropped me off back home. I was I was good for about two days. Wow. <laughs> wow. No, that's cool. I mean, I, I'm, I, I've just been, in, I've been intrigued by it, and I was going to look into it. And it's, it's one of those, it's good to see local people trying to do cool shit. Yeah, and um, this summer is great for it. I, I know probably, like, Eight bands are going on tour. Wow. Um, I know a lot of people are shooting video. I know a lot of people who are starting record companies. Venues are popping up. Like, this seems to be a good summer for all Rochester shit. I mean, hell, I'm sitting here meeting you, and hell, I didn't even know this existed 40 hours ago. Yeah, random. I mean, I think that's the cool thing. You find something interesting online. I, yeah. I ran in, I think I've run into the food review things a couple times. Yeah. I'm like, Fuck it, I'm, I'm going to reach out and see what's going on because it seems like they're doing interesting stuff and it's who cares? How, it's weird how often that works. Yeah. Just saying, hey, you want to do some shit? It's, it's an odd thing to say. Yeah, you feel awkward sending that message. Yeah, you do, for sure. Because it's someone you don't know and you feel weird being like, hey, do you want to meet up tomorrow and do this weird thing? Yeah, and how many weird crossovers do you get online now for people you've never met? Right. Until you do. Right. And I've... 
I've you know talked to people online and you know people that do media stuff and I, I've never met them yeah. until I did. You know, I, I had conversations with them online, right? And then oh, they're they're real people too. They're they have interesting stories. They're fun to be around. Oh, there's been people who are like, I I know them because they're um, commenters on our website, mm-hmm. and we link all our comments to Facebook because I want to know who the hell they are. I don't want any of that nom- uh, anonymity bullshit. Yeah, it's it's that ridiculous. just gets trolls. Um, but I've met people at the bar. Like, they say, "Oh, I'm so and so," and you're like, "Oh, dude, you're the guy who comments on our website every day." What's up, man? Yeah. You want a beer? <laughs> like, that's awesome. Let's talk. Yeah. It's really, it's a weird experience, but it's really cool. Yeah. To know someone so digitally and then see him in the physical form. Um, I feel at this point I'm babbling on your podcast. It's that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's, I, I didn't know what exactly we were going to hit on today. I knew we'd have food as an anchor. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, food is a good anchor to start any conversation, just like right. you said. It's, it is a good way to meet people. A good way to randomly meet cool people. So I'm, I'm happy it went the way it did because it's I, I I do have diverse interests. I write about food, but this is right. fun talking to people trying to like I said, people trying to do cool shit regardless of what it is. Right. Somebody that cares. Somebody <laughs> that loves local, and it's especially you know the music scene's huge here right now. Yeah, it's, and a um, lot of people that are really into it. It's. It's a weird scene. Um, people are very critical about themselves. Mm-hmm. It's competition, but not really competition. Everyone's trying to one-up each other, but they're not like, you know, they're not breaking kneecaps. <laughs> it's, it's right. Not, it's not the 92 Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's trying to outdo each other, but in a good way, and they kind of help each other out. And um, lately, it's been kind of getting really popular in the city and also branching out into other cities. Okay. Um, my friends went on tour. Uh, it's a band called Keaton and they went on a week long tour and, uh, you know, Philadelphia and New Jersey, were talking about the Rochester music scene, which I'm sure as a Rochester band was a trip. Oh, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like a weird experience when they were like, Oh yeah, we know these, these, this guy, this guy, you're like, dude, I he he's, he works at the bar I go to. <laughs> yeah. That's great, though. I mean, it's... Oh, no, it's fantastic. I love every second of it. Yeah. It gives me more material. I love local music, so hell. Sure. Well, that's cool, man. And like I said, I, I'm glad you responded. And I don't know. I, I think we it, it's it's good to have a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you came over. It was... I'm sure we'll meet up again. Yeah, it, it was a good time. And... You know, maybe um, we'll do a crossover cheap eats kind of thing. I think it'd be a blast. Yeah, um, me and you definitely need to hook up off air and off the record and go check out some of those spots that might not have food licenses. Sounds like a good together. time. <laughs> and actually, you know, I I'm thinking back to the beginning. I'm not sure if I even got your name on the podcast. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm always bad at that. I always yeah, think, um, it's. I guess Joe Insomniac, but Joe Palmatier. I run the Rochester Insomniac. You can check us out at therochesterinsomniac.com. We have a bi-monthly magazine. You can check it out. Actually, I just sent it to the printer two days ago, so June 7th. Okay, where, 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 where do you get it? Um, we print 10,000 copies, and we distribute them everywhere we can. Gotcha. So it's hard to say one location. Okay. Um, Bug Drive is a big one. 
just because we go there. We drop off like a hundred there. Um, Hearts Grocery takes a lot. Nice. Java's, Boulders, all those coffee shops we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, there um, you go. They really snatch up our magazines. So nice. those, are, those are good places to do it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Joe, it was a pleasure. Oh, yeah. It was great. And, um, Thank yeah, you let's do some you. let's do some more cool shit. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully, uh, back with more next week. See you guys.